Hey, it's Tay. And I'm Kelly. Welcome to Dear Desert Diaries, where we have conversations about all things mental health and what can impact it. But we feel we need to give you a disclaimer ahead of time that we aren't therapists and by no means giving professional advice, but we are here to share stories and to create a safe space for listeners just like you to not feel alone. So grab your favorite drink, don't let us distract you while you're driving, stay safe in nature, or whatever it is that you do while listening to us, and we'll be back. Dear Desert Diaries, I can't believe it's already that time of year again. They do say the days are long, but the year is fast. But for some reason, it seems to shock me every single year like it's the first time. When I was younger, my favorite holiday was Halloween. I loved having the opportunity to dress up as someone that I wasn't and be someone different for a change. But since having kids, my favorite holiday, hands down, is now Christmas. It's the season, it's the feeling, it's everything that surrounds the happiest time of year for my kids. Getting the opportunity to wake up on Christmas morning and watching them open their presents and seeing what Santa put under the tree is by far the best feeling in the world. And to be honest, I could care less if I got any presents because it doesn't mean the same as it does when you give your kids presents. Anyways, we're gonna be talking this week about the holiday season, and even though it's supposed to be the happiest time of the year, it's not always the happiest time of the year. There are a lot of things that go on, such as drama between family, spending it for the first time with someone, spending it with someone else, spending it without someone. We're going to take a deeper dive into this in the episode, so stay tuned. Love, Tay. Hi, my name is Kelly, and Christmas is my favorite time of the year. I'm the friend you have to say, no, it's too early because I'm ready to decorate for Christmas right after Halloween. It's not that I even go all out with decorations, but I'm just in an overall better mood when I see the colors of Christmas lights start to decorate the everyday sites. It wasn't always the case though. I had to find my way back to the joy this time of the year brought me. Words couldn't explain my mindset when my dad passed away and I had to go my first Christmas without him my first holiday season without him. It felt like I was on my last grains of sand in an hourglass of happiness. At the time, I didn't know how to move forward without someone that was always there, especially around this time of the year, where family and other loved ones usually got together, but I didn't know how to celebrate the holidays without him. It was like I was having a writer's block for this part of my story. I didn't know how I was going to look forward to this time of the year and didn't know how my family would either. Then I had a group of friends that came in and helped me pick up my hourglass and turn it back over. The hourglass represents the constant work that has to be done in order to keep my happiness in check. I may not realize that it's about time to flip until I'm down to the last grains of sand, but I'm the only one that knows when it's time. During a different part of my life, it was time to change when I felt more obligation and guilt rather than friendship. Despite having a rough time, I still felt obligated to invite them to get-togethers or to do something with them purely because of friendship history. And for the most part, good memories. But life was telling me a person wasn't fitting into the direction my story was heading when toxic conversations started happening more frequently. When this has happened in the past, I kept friendships despite what it was doing to my own mental health until it ended in an unforgivable fight. 
but it doesn't always have to end like that or end at all. Giving and taking is a balance and communication is so important to any relationship, romantic or not. Holiday season is among us. It's synonymous with a cheerful, cheerful time of the year for some. It also means the first for a lot of other people. The first holiday, like Taylor said in her entry, with someone and the first without, maybe. It brings people together, but it can be a lot for some of us, right? We thought it would be a good time to talk about this holiday season. Something to keep in mind as we enter this time of the year where some people can have a love-hate relationship with it. But I think today what we're going to dive into is handling the not-so-positive relationships we have with who we define as family or friends. You do have friends and family, and and I feel like a lot of the time, especially with family, there can be that time when something's going on either between you guys or between someone else and someone else in the family and you try your best to stay out of, you know, the situation, but you're also have a ten well at least I have a tendency to kind of put my mental health in the background and just deal with it because I'm a people pleaser. I don't like to cause problems. I'd rather be nice. I want people to see me as as nice and not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she just stood up for herself or oh my gosh, I can't believe she just had the audacity to tell us to stop you know, talking about each other or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but in reality, it gets to the point where I have in the past had to, <laughs> we would be at a family gathering and I would say, oh, I have to go nurse the baby or I have to go change the baby's diaper. And then I would just stay in that room <laughs> because I didn't want to go deal with it. Because, you know, I mean, there's that time where you can feel the tension between mm-hmm. people. And thankfully, I don't have the issue with family drama between me and someone else, but there's like family drama inside the family. Yeah. And you could just feel the tension and it's, I'm very sensitive to feeling those things. Mm -hmm. And I hate that. I mean, it got to the point where I would say, yeah, I'll go to a family gathering, but never actually like go talk to people, Mm. keep to my own or be busy, if you will. So I didn't have to be involved in that feeling, but I was always just civil, you know, and I always have been. I probably always will be, Um, you know, you just, you just deal with things. Right. I feel like it'd be easier, especially now that you have kids to be like, oh, well, I have to keep an eye on them. Like it's always a good excuse. Okay. Kids are the best excuse. Yeah, absolutely. Although sometimes (laughs) the kids, you know. I've mentioned before, parenting is hard and the kids can drive me insane. And so then I will purposely say, you know what? My kids are my drama today. I'm going to go help that person in the kitchen. Sorry, honey. Mommy is actually in the middle of helping, you know, cook dinner or whatever. <laughs> Mommy's busy. Yeah. It's like the time for everyone else to watch your kids. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I need a break for a second. Thanks. <laughs> Honestly. Well, they, they love everybody else more than they love us, I think, sometimes <laughs> when we get together with everybody. And I have to remind, especially the oldest, like, okay, leave them alone. Give them some time to themselves because I'm scared that they're going to, you know, push them away. Like, oh, my gosh, this kid is so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about, like, Christmas being your favorite time of the year because of the kids. What's family time look like for you now? Yeah, I mean, Christmas, because just getting the opportunity to see the light and the joy in their eyes and that Christmas spirit, there really is something about it. You know, it's 
for me, it's not even about the toys. It's just like you said, the overall feeling. And everyone always seems a lot happier around that time of year. But my husband's family is divorced. So we have several households that we have to go to along the Christmas holiday. So we go to my parents on Christmas Eve or they come here. We celebrate with them that evening. Saturday morning, we wake up really early, not just because Santa came, but because we have to open Santa's gifts. We have to open our gifts like for the kids. And then we have, I don't know, like 30 minutes to play with the toys. And we rush over to my in-laws house and then we have breakfast with them. They rush to eat. They rush to open their toys and everything and they play for a little bit. And then I'd say probably early afternoon, we rush over to my other in-laws house and then we do the same thing. We rush to eat. We rush to open the toys. And finally, at the end of the night, we end up staying so late because it's an opportunity for us to just relax. But it's absolute utter chaos, I feel like, just going from house to house to house and you not have the opportunity to just chill. So that's been really challenging and something that I've tried to do my best to understand because I have not come from a family like that, having to go from household to household. So trying to be understanding and open-minded, but I'm not going to lie, it does put a lot of stress and pressure in that aspect. I bet. And when we are talking about like family drama, not necessarily with you and another person, but as far as the family drama that you do encounter, have you ever confronted the drama or done anything to keep your mental health in check and that it doesn't impact you? Okay. So one of the things that I've done, I've had people those individuals that may have been having an issue between each other come up to me at different times saying different things about the other person and, oh, this person said this, or how do you feel about this? Would you feel that way? Like, would you feel attacked if so-and-so did this? And I try my best to stay as neutral as possible mm-hmm. and say, oh, you know, I'm that's weird. I've never really thought of it that way. Or I don't really like answer the question. Like I dance around the question. Mm-hmm. And then luckily most of the time we have the kids with us. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, the baby's crying. I'll be right back. So <laughs> yeah. it's honestly, I think trying to get yourself out of that situation as quickly as you can will help. For that kind of situation where you were stuck in the middle between two people that had drama, I'm just wondering what happens when people don't have that and like how to handle that kind of situation where there isn't an outlet where somebody's the middle ground. We talk about our family situation. There isn't really drama between us and our families. And that's good because I think that's like the biggest stressor of a lot of people where they go to, especially if you have big families out there and you're going to it and you have that one relative, you know, that you don't really want to face just because something happened between y'all don't see eye to eye. And so I think it would be good to talk about us putting ourselves in their shoes because even if it's not a holiday, I'm sure you and I have something that we can relate to as far as having big get-togethers and facing somebody that we're not ready to. I don't know. I think for me, being in situations in the past, you know, I didn't have kids and I didn't have an obligation to be with, you know, around people. I would just avoid the situation, meaning like, (laughs) I'd be like, oh, sorry, I'm not feeling well. Or, you know, oh, yeah, I just, I don't like talking about things like this. And I just shut down. I used to shut down a lot. And so I think for me, that's how I handled it you know, in the past, but I don't know, I have to adult sometime. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard because I used to do that too, is shut down like, you know what, I'll just let them have their way. And I don't, I don't like confrontation. So I'm just going to avoid the situation as a whole. 
I think that a good way to look at it and something that I watched in a TED talk recently is using the analogy of contracts between you and another person. You know, contracts we all know can be between two companies. It can be between you and like contractors, whatever it is. It's something that's written up. And I think with us, contracts are often written up before we have any thought into it ourselves. And what we should remember is contracts can be negotiable and can always be revisited. Amendments can happen and things like that. So why can't it happen between relationships in your personal life? Hmm. That's a good way of thinking of it. So like you're saying like a contract between people, you know, maybe like um, parents and their kids. Yeah, exactly. Or between, you know, you and a cousin or you and a friend, anyone that is close to you, especially when it's like you and a relative, that's our, that contract's definitely written before you have any conscience, right? You're born into the family and, you know, a lot of people feel obligated in the sense of loyalty with your family. And no matter what it does to your mental health or anything, it's, at least for me, it's always been a respect your elders. So to me, my own mental health was put to the side because I had to keep my mouth shut, essentially. Whether you agreed with something or not, you know, and exactly. I can fully relate to that. Someone says if you just feel like you're an observer at that point and you can't really have an opinion, and if you do have an opinion, you can't share that, especially with the elders situation. I grew up the same way. So you respect your elders no matter what. If you did think something differently than what they said, you just deal with it. Mm -hmm. But sadly and unsadly, I guess, uh, growing up, you know, I didn't really have other people around me besides my parents that were my elders. And so for the most part, Sorry, mom and dad. I know there were times, but I respected my parents and I've had friends, uh, I should say ex-friends, mm -hmm. who have mistreated their parents. And that's pretty much the only time I've ever stood up to a friend like that and said, you can't talk to your parents like that. That That's not right. That's not okay. They're your mom and dad. It unnerved me to the point where I actually had a moment to speak up. But yeah, when it comes to family gatherings, though, I don't know if I'd have the nerve. I don't know. I, I just feel like it would never be my place, whether mm. what they're saying to either one another or to me. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. There's no way. Yeah. For me, I it got worse as I got older. I don't know if it's a bad thing or not, or if it's something that I just need to pick my battles. But as I got older, I feel like if there's been a conflict that has been going on longer than my mental capacity can take, then I will confront a person. There has been times where there's been conflict between two people where they've come to me as a middle person. And I'm like, I appreciate you opening up and telling me the issue. But would you care if I reached out to so and so to kind of get their thoughts and talk to them about this situation, not necessarily expose or gossip what they shared in confidence with me, but just to get their perspective and give the other person my opinion based on a third party outlook. Well, it's almost like you're the middleman. So you, there's the two sides to every story and you're the mm -hmm. person that's piecing both the sides together to really form like what is actually happening. Yeah, because a lot of the time it's like if I am in that situation, it's with two people that I really care about. And I always feel like I'm not in the right place to be that kind of person for them. But if they 
accept it, then I'm just like, all right, well, I'm going to go with it. And if it's a conflict in my personal life, so in my journal entry, I talked about how I will keep the toxic relationships until something unforgivable happens. And I think in more recent years, there was one friend that I had to essentially end the contract with because it was just not good for my mental health in the sense of evolving and progressing in my life. It just, they just didn't fit where my life was going anymore. And that was very clear. I essentially had to revise the contract and give them another offer <laughs> like, hey, this is what I like now and this is what I'm doing for me. You know, they would come to me about things that bothered them and you know, that was like negotiating what jived and what didn't jive with each other. And we played that out to see if it would still work for us. But in the end, it was still toxic. But I, I wouldn't say that it ended in an unforgivable argument. I think we both understood that we tried everything. We've had so many discussions and arguments that it was just time to kind of let this go. Well, you essentially outgrew each other. Yeah, exactly. No, and I think too, the way you're speaking about the situation, it reminds me of sports players. They get contracts and you can either renew the contract or you can be passed on to a free agent. And I feel like kind of in this sense, you guys decided it was a good idea just to let them go as a free agent. Sometimes you can have contracts that are only for a season in your life, therefore an extended season. But kind of to flip the script because you had the opportunity to end or revise the contract or whatever it might have been in that situation. I know that you had talked about your dad in that sense. You didn't have the choice. Neither of you guys had the opportunity to talk about said contract. It just ended. It had an expiration date. How how do you handle that or how did you handle that around the holidays especially? Yeah, that's a really good one because for so many years, I didn't handle it very well. And I didn't realize that I wasn't handling it well because it was people outside of the situation is what was impacting it. I'm using air quotes impacting because it, it was me taking my anger or my sadness out on this other person or whoever, taking it out on different situations that normally, and I say normally because today it wouldn't impact me. So I assume that it was me not coping very well, obviously, because I was taking it out on something else. Towards the end, I was very into watching what I'd say because I, I, I don't want to regret. I almost took every day as if it was the last time I could talk to him. I think the more important thing is just loving who you love every single day. For me, my mindset is letting the small things go as quickly as possible just because you never know when that person's not going to be around anymore. Well, I think that's just it too, especially, you know, with gatherings, family gatherings, whether it's at the holidays or not, but especially the holidays, because it's, there's a precedence there that you have to be joyful and happy and everything. But even if something is upsetting you at that time and say it happens to be at the holidays, like you said, just letting it go. If it's a small thing, if it's not confronting that person and talking about it, because you also mm -hmm. don't want it to go into the next year or whatever, right. you know, left unsaid or being treated unfairly or inappropriately or whatever it is, because you also, if you want that relationship, you have to work on it together. You can't, 
you yeah. can't suffer yourself. Um, but yeah, if it's something small, let it go. I mean, maybe yeah. it was something unintentionally said or done or whatever it might be because everybody has their own opinions and their differing thoughts. And when you had that many people together at the holidays, it can come across misconstrued. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just not being afraid to confront a situation that's been bugging you, especially if it's been bugging you for, you know, days, months, years kind of thing, because it's going to have a ripple effect and impact more in your life than you know it. I used to be really good at if something was bothering me, putting it in the back of my mind and forgetting about it, almost out of sight, out of mind thing. Mm -hmm. It got to the point where I was so good at that, but it took me so long to unlearn that habit because it was causing issues in my relationship. And now that, you know, Seth and I are actually married, I mean, he had to break my walls down to get to that point. But yeah, if he did something that bothered me, I'm like, okay, whatever. And I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't talk about it. And for me, it, I don't know. I, I think it's because of the toxic relationship that I came from. I just learned to not let it affect me. I really don't know how I was able to do it. Looking back now, I feel like I was almost like a soulless person. Like <laughs> nothing bothered me that should. Like I just absorbed it and it went away. But that's also not good when something is bothering you and, and you're learning new things with mm -hmm. you know someone new and they need to know, okay, well, do you like this or do you not like this? Like, is this okay? And yeah. if you don't say it because you just don't want to deal with it, then that's going to be a problem. And like you said, it's really important to to talk about things, talk about the issues. Yeah, it definitely is with the right person, obviously, right? <laughs> so Yes, <laughs> that always helps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what Tay and I really want y'all to take from this is don't be afraid to read the fine print of your contract. Determine if that relationship is beneficial for your development as a human being or does it restrict you from doing or being something you're not? By doing that, it'll help you gain a new level of self-respect. Well, not only self-respect, it's going to give you a way to really learn how to communicate and it's going to enhance your communication skills with people that might be more difficult to speak with. And that's going to be a skill you can take on into the future. And you can take it to work. You can take it yeah. to school. You can take it wherever you need to take it. So... <laughs> Speaking of communication, whether it's through our website, our social media, or our email, we want to hear from you as our listeners on what you like about Dear Desert Diaries so far, any feedback that you have for us, maybe even what you guys want to hear us talk about in the future. But we know that this isn't just about us and what we're passionate about, but we want to be able to break down these mental health stigmas, and we can't do that without your help. As always, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy topics surrounding mental health, be sure to subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Like and follow our Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at Dear Desert Diaries. And lastly, if you want to be a part of the conversation and share your story or just have a topic that you're really passionate about, reach out to us on our social media or our website at DearDesertDiaries.com. Until next time. Continue to lean on your support system and keep your mental health in check. And we'll talk to you on the next episode.